Yo, 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 how you doing? You and you and you and you and you. Hey, it's your girl Rachel La Loca. It's another episode of LOL, also known as Latinos Out Loud. Who comes up with these acronyms? I have no idea. It's genius. Anyway, I am here joined by a very special guest today. She's a dear friend. She's my little sister. She's a comedian. She's an actor. She's a writer. She just got her MFA from Louisiana State University. Please put your hands together for the brilliant Alana Johnson. I know you're clapping out there I can't hear you but I know you're clapping or giving jazz hands whatever whatever jazz works hands is good oh you're so theater I can't a little bit a little a little dramatic a little theatrical just a little <laughs> bit and for those of you that don't know what MFA stands for because let's be honest you don't it's a master of fine arts because okay. she's fine okay that's really okay. why it's so nice to have you here. It's so nice to be here. Welcome to the new digs. It's beautiful. What do you think? God, I love it. I love it so much. It's so legit. Like, too legit too to legit. quit. Too, too legit, legit to quit. Too legit to quit. Those are the only lyrics I know, so I'm glad we stopped there. Isn't that the whole song, though? I don't Isn't know. all they say? I don't know. I know. Well, guys, it is hammer time, okay? Loca hammer time. Uh, it's so nice to be here with you. I have mm-hmm. to say, I haven't seen you since you you graduated in August. I just did. Just a month ago. Congratulations. Thank you so much. How are you feeling? Uh, have you ever seen the Wheel of Feelings, the Feeling Wheel? No, but... In I'm, therapy? I'd like to. You should. Okay. Check out the Feeling Wheel. It's very colorful. It's very informative. <laughs> You'll learn words to describe things you didn't even know how their words were for. I love anyway, the feeling Anyway, I'm, I'm feeling the whole wheel, essentially. All of, all of them. All of the feelings. I love but, that. No, it's like for two years. My program was two years, six semesters straight through. So we started in the fall, fall, spring, summer, fall, spring, summer, nonstop. And uh, yeah, now I just feel like, oh, snap. I'm, I got I to gotta be doing something because I was just going 120 miles an hour and now I'm going like 12. You know what I mean? So it's a little, it's a little, um, you know, I miss it. And I knew when I was in it, it was a lot. It was a lot, you know, doing a play. Performing, I know. Homework, rehearsing, rehearsing for class, rehearsing for the plays. You know, it was 14, 16 hour days, most days for two years. So, you know, um, but good times. Really, really good. And when we were in it, I was like, I know this shit sucks right now. But I don't want to miss it. And I miss it. I already I, miss it. I just want to tell the Eloeleros, uh, if you're not inspired already, she received a scholarship. They scouted her to go down to Louisiana. Okay? Lazy, Louisiana. Yeah. Louisiana. Lucy, that's well, what we, that's what we call it. It'd be loose. It'd be loose. Okay. It'd be loose down there. Well, I'm excited to have you back in New York. I wasn't loose. But we, oh, that's a good definition. Yeah. Very good. Just to clarify. Just for clarification. Um, for any prospects. You know what I mean? Undergrad, different story. But anyway. Mm. I would love to be under a grad right now. I mean, okay, get your mind out the gutter. I'm not going to lie. Being in grad school in my 30s and having these children hit on me, I was like, I still got it. You know you got it. It was so, it was hilarious. I'd be like, boo, you have no, I'm way too old for you. He'd be like, no, they like that. That's like a trend right now. It's trending. (laughs) Cougar. (laughs) Okay, so we're glad to have you back in New York. I am most certainly happy to have you back in New York. I need you. Uh, She's my sis, y'all. All All right, look, there's a big things popping, okay? You back from Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I just got back from D.C., okay? Okay. District of Columbia, Washington, anybody? Uh Just in case you didn't know. I have to talk about something really, really exciting. 
you know I'm humble.com, right? So mm-hmm. I don't really like be out there like I did this and I did that and I do not really, but like this in this instance, I must share this information. Okay, Alana J, your girl was invited to be part of the Echo Collective. And Ooh. what that stands for is Tell the em. Entertainment Consortium Collective Outreach. Consortium. And what does that mean? Consortium's a big word. What Go does ahead, that I'll give mean? you a second to Google it. Google. Pause. You done? Okay. Define. So now that you know what it means, um, I was nominated to be part of this collective. There are 70 of us. Mm-hmm. Hollywood writers, directors, producers, podcasters, network executives. Hollywood? Hollywood if she could and she did. And I was part of this group to go out to the White House. What? La Casa Blanca. The white one? The white one? <gasps> the one with the columns where the guy's in that runs the country? That one. Uh-huh. And uh, and the Senate building to talk about the issues that our current president is working on mm-hmm. or has made strides in that the media should be talking about mm-hmm. in the right way. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read you who we are. The Entertainment Creative Collaborative Outreach Program, I might have messed up the acronym, sorry, is a diverse collective of entertainment professionals from high-level executives to creatives in the areas of film, music, television, sports, social media, and digital. Our mission is to help bring needed attention to key issues and initiatives that will have a positive impact on the national, regional, and local levels of public policy, civic engagement, and legislation. Mm. We spoke about a slew of topics ranging from domestic violence to women's reproductive rights, um, gun control, telecommunications, a slew of topics Mm. that we don't often hear uh, about like the movement on coming out of the White House because we know media outlets could be skewed. Mm -hmm. They tend to have their political stance and revolve around that. In this case here at Latinos Out Loud, I wholeheartedly say we are nonpartisan, just like the Echo Collective. We talk about the issues, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, that affect the Latin community, the Latino community, A-E-X-Y, however you want to identify. But anything that affects us will be spoken about here. So you're going to hear me talk about the Echo Collective moving forward. I'll be going back to D.C. in six months. Um, and I'm really excited to see what projects come out of this. Anything from podcasts to short films, check them out, theechocollective.org. You'll see some work by John Leguizamo on there, some PSAs. And it's just exciting to have been in the room. I also learned a lot of secrets about D.C. Por ejemplo. Mm. Okay. Did y'all know? There's a secret railway system that brings the senators from the Senate building to the U.S. Capitol building so they could vote on bills Uh within 30 seconds. No one is allowed on this train except for senators and White House staff. It's a a 30-second train ride. ride. I tried to get on it. Security (laughs) yanked me by the head. They were like, where are you going? I was like, just kidding. Um, You went in the house? Your security's tight in the house. Let me tell you. It better be. It better be, damn. The other thing I want to say about your girl's visit to D.C., uh, two things. I walked away with an official White House pad, y'all. Okay, it says White House on here. Not the pad. Yeah, this is important to me. As you can see, I was doodling during the meeting. I did some bubble letters that say loca in D.C. Okay. Bring the Um, bubbles back. We got to bring the bubbles back. (laughs) 
<laughs> but the other thing I was really excited about Alana is mm. they gave us a White House tour. So we got to see the, not the- um, We're the, in the house? We're in the house, people. In the house. Literally. And we saw like amazing artwork from 1790s, from the mm-hmm. 1800s, original clocks and like silk wallpaper. Like it was just incredible to see history. That's fancy. And also just to know the processes, like how presidents and first ladies and vice presidents, well, not really VPs, but like the presidents and the first ladies come in and like redecorate. Mm-hmm. There's, they've got their own bowling alley downstairs. What? They have their own movie theater. How do you they get have, anything done if you have a bowling alley in your house? I heard Biden doesn't bowl, but uh, I think he don't Obama strike me bowls. as much of a bowler. But. And that movie theater was sick. Biden was could two hand it. Yeah. And they had like a, a room just for the presidential China. Um, it was quite impressive. A China room. Yeah. Aside, I can't even imagine. It was incredible. Which was girl. your favorite room? Which, oh. which was your favorite? Did you have a favorite? Oh, that's a great question. So, all right, nerd alert. Here's a confession. This is a long winded answer. I'll mm-hmm. try to keep it short, but that was a great question. When I was young, I guess I was like seven or eight years old, I wrote a letter to Ronald Reagan, the former president. What? Yeah. It was like based on a school project that we did. But then I said, I'm going to write a letter to the president and tell him what he needs to do. (laughs) So I wrote him a letter and the letter basically said things like, we need more number two pencils in my school. Mm. Um, So if he can work on that. Those the issues. It was issues for me. These are the issues. And they sent me back a letter from him. And it was signed and it came with a catalog of every single room in the White House. So I got to see in this catalog the red room, the blue room, the Oval Office. And so this trip for me was a little first full circle. Mm-hmm. Y'all know I live for these full circle moments because I got to see those images mm-hmm. brought to life. And it was a full circle moment for me because I said to myself, how did I get here? Oh, yeah, I belong here. I deserve to be you here. You manifested that. I manifested it as a seven or eight-year-old little girl. Right into Reagan. Yo. That's that energy. You put that energy out. Look what came back. Yeah. So A that, whole white tour. White House tour. It was great, you guys. Um, anyway, if you want to hear more about it, hit me up on Instagram. I'm like nerding out and telling stories left and right. At Rachel La Loca, y'all already know. Okay, girl, we got another topic of importance, another issue that we must address. It's not so political, but it's very important. Okay, I have an announcement to make. <laughs> I've drum got roll. an announcement. Drum roll, please. Drum Anybody roll. got a drum? No one has a drum. I just I asked the for a drum. At? I didn't ask for much. You know? It's not like at? I asked for trombones or anything, just a drum. Okay, we, and I say we because this is also a collective here at Latinos Out Loud. We, Latinos Out Loud... Just found out two days ago that we are nominated for a Signal Award in the Best Comedy category going up against the likes of Kevin Hart and Adrian Lovett. Shout out to them and all the other nominees in the Best Comedy category. I am so just humbled, amazed. When you get this news, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I dropped off the kids at school just to paint the picture. Picture this, 8.45 a.m., two days ago. Dropped the kids off at school. One eye half open. Mm. Haven't had my coffee yet. Mm. And I look at my email, and it's like, congratulations, Rachel. Latinos Out Loud has been nominated for Best Comedy for the second annual Signal Awards. I started screaming in the middle of the street. I was like, wow! As you should. 
God is good all the time. And, you know, I like to quote a tribe called Quest, you know, in these instances. I never let a trophy tell me how nice I am. Okay, Ooh, but these bars. laurels, these trophies, it's reassurance. It's letting me know that all this work and the sleepless nights mm -hmm. and the phone calls to my friends. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you be a guest? Can you do this? It's all worth it. Yeah, it's it, validation. It, and, you know, I mean, snaps to validation, it's validating the journey Thank and you. the purpose. And look, I wanted to say something because you were talking about being humble or whatever. And I just want to remind you and the people that humility is knowing your strengths as well as your weaknesses. Part of being humble is knowing what you're capable of doing and what you've accomplished and acknowledging that. Okay? Because you. if you don't, it's not bragging, it's not gloating. You're not, you know, you're just stating the facts. This is where I'm at. You know what I mean? And this is what I do. This so put some respect on my name. That's it. Mm. You know what I mean? So I just want to remind everybody out there. That praising yourself for what you've accomplished is not negative. You need to do that. That's lovely. That way you're showing gratitude for what the universe has given you, and therefore the universe will only provide you more. So. God, I love this universe. Yeah. Thanks, universe. Thanks for everything that you've given me. Shout out to the verse. So I need your help, LOLeros, all of you. I need you to go to signalawards.com and vote Latinos Out Loud in the best comedy category. Do it now. Please do it now. Right now. And it's just so exciting to now, be now. in the mix. The, <laughs> I think the win is the nomination. I don't, I mean, if we win. So there's two ways of winning. There's the People's Choice Award. And then there's the executive judging body that will select the final winner. So we have two opportunities here. It's like the, the popular people. and the electoral. Yes. Well, we're, this this episode is brought to you by the U.S. government. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Yeah, I learned a lot about the legislative branch, the judiciary branch, and there's another branch. I don't mm. know, the oak tree branch? I'm All not sure. All the branches. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you so much for everyone who got us here, including the wonderful crew behind Latinos Out Loud, all of the guests, and most importantly, you, the LOLeros. Uh, signalawards.com people let's let's win together why not right and also shout out to the signal awards in case you don't know about that quick quick little story the signal awards is brought to you by the webby awards we all know the webby awards right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean this podcast is two-time webby award nominated in 2021 for best comedy and in 2023 for best comedy so they launched the signal awards because well let's face it podcasting we taking over one podcast at a time you know what i'm saying we uh. taking over right now so yeah it was only right to have an individual award show for podcasts so i'm very excited alana J. you should be i'm excited for you there's a lot of momentum people mm. well speaking of why we are award nominated i mentioned the guests we have some amazing guests yes you do Today's episode is just so robust and entertaining, okay? Highlight, entertaining. I would love to introduce our guests right now, as a matter of fact. A uh, little bit of a new format here on Latinos Out Loud, you know what I'm saying? We're going to introduce the guests, and guests can feel free to do a dance. We might get a limbo stick, so they could like limbo onto stage. I see Ramon, Ramon's already Warming doing up. some sort of 90s electric slide He's thing. <laughs> Okay, first, ballistic first stretches. Bat. <laughs> ballistic stretches. I love it. First up to bat, y'all. I am so really just 
amazed by this human because he's writer and director of a film that your girl got cast in that just made its world premiere at the Soho International Film Festival. Please join me in welcoming Emmy Award-winning writer-director Eddie Lebron! Yes, Eddie! <laughs> Yes, he's twerking wow. his way on stage. I love it. As much as I possibly could. That was amazing. Was, Slay. Slay as the kids I say. I need tequila in order to really get down. And I'm very sober right now. Don't so we all? We do all. I mean, hey, it's five o'clock somewhere, you know? That's so corporate America to say. Okay, we have more guests. We have more guests. And uh, guests on guests on guests, as they say. Another award-winning cat is come to the stage right now. Another personal friend, okay? His resume is so impressive, y'all. He's done work on the Wendy Williams show. He's done work on Sherry Shepard. He's written and directed his own film, Playing Sam, which this girl's in, okay? I did some VO work in. It's running its way through the festival circuit as we speak. Please put your hands together for the amazing Ramon Pesante. Ooh, ooh. Oh, he's crawling on <laughs> bear crawls. Bear, I did teach you about bear crawls. Crawling on stage. Are you ready? That was a workout. All right, he already needs an Epsom salt bath. Yo, the other interesting thing is Eddie. Like two out of us, two out of the three, or two out of have math, Rachel. Two out of the four of us have uh, had Alana J as a personal trainer via That's Instagram. Oh, wow. She does that too. Was, yeah, over the pandemic. He was my client. I abused him out of love. Cat it calls. was amazing, actually. The She's calls. tough. <laughs> the cat call. No, cat cows. Cat cows. Yeah. The cat calls. So you see, you I, see, I, I have the cat been calls. keeping up. I haven't. <laughs> it was because of you. Right? I bought sliders. Yeah. Uh, and they're, I also Ooh. eat sliders, but no, this is like the workout <laughs> Gotta thing. Gotta love a good slider. You put these things on the floor and you could do like, you know, push-ups and all the kind of ups on the floor with these things. And I got them from Target for $3. It's so cheap. Okay. I don't know why like my Jewish voice comes out whenever I'm like talking about bargains. She got to come stuff. out. I don't know, but that's her. You know, it's Rachel from Brooklyn. All right. Hi, guys. Thank Hi. you. Thank you. Hey, hey. Thank you so much for coming here Thank right you for now. For having us slash me. Okay, I just gotta say one thing. We coming in hot. Yeah. We coming in hot right now. Everybody's tired up here. I know you can't notice it, okay? Because we look fly. We have been working. These guys have been working the festival circuit. The film festival circuit in New York City right now is thriving, and it's being populated with amazing films from gentlemen and ladies like these people right here. Okay, so I want to get right into it. First, if you guys can tell us a little bit about who you are, although I introduced you and I know you well. Uh, Ramon's been on the show before. Ramon does a segment on the show, actually, called Pesantes Picks, um, where you review films. As a filmmaker, I love your POV. It's just, you know, filmmakers have a very different POV, uh, a different lens, if you will. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, and that's why I love having you on the show, because it just makes for such great conversation. So if you would, just tell everybody a little bit about who you are and your film right now that is in the film festival circuit. Uh, is that me? Do I go first? Sure. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Hi, I'm Eddie LeBron. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, I, I feel like your intro sold me a lot better than I would have sold myself. I wasn't going to mention the Emmys or anything. So I'm like, oh, Come wow. Come on, Emmys. I know. Yeah, we said Emmy. Mm-hmm. And it was a plural, which mm. I always like, I bury that too. So, you know, I'm, it's hard for me to be humble right now. Well, tell them what you won your Emmys for. Uh, it's for my past life in um, documentary and news. So hurricane coverage, Broadway stories. So it's like. Kind of like my side journey when I was um, taking a break from, not taking a break, but kind of like putting movies and film on the back burner. Mm. But now I'm back and yeah, here I baby. am. I've been making films since I was 10. Wow. And I've taken a lot of routes to get here. I used to do the YouTube thing where I kind of had my start. And then the YouTube thing led me to news. News led to documentaries. That led to NBC. And that led me to here. So yeah, I've been making films for 25, 25, 25 years since, since I was 10. Wow. So did yeah. you have like the big camcorder? Like what were you making films oh, with? Or like was, the Fisher Price joint? My, my first camera was a, a VHSC camera. So it was like black and white viewfinder, not a whole lot of features. Um, I was pausing in the camera to make edits and cuts. So at 10, I didn't even realize I could make a movie. I didn't realize I can actually shoot something. So my life was changed up to that point. I thought I was going to be a lawyer or an accountant. And oh, well, that's interesting. All my parents' dreams imploded <laughs> in 1998. Yeah. yeah. And 21st century courtship right now. Yes. Again, coming in hot. I'm not just saying that because I'm in it, but it's coming in hot. It's coming in moist. Yeah, congrats. Well, congrats on everything. Thank so you. we were at the Soho International Film Festival yes. on Sunday where it made its world premiere. Tonight's the awards. Yes. And it's in another film festival, which I'd love for you to talk about real quick. Oh, yeah. It's in um, Queen City Film Festival and Smod Castle Film Festival, which I'm most excited about because that's the one hosted by Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, And I, and I love Kevin Smith, so it's going to be wild to... From what I've seen, he handles the Q&As and the awards ceremony, so that's going to be kind of uh, wild and fun that he's going to watch the movie and be present, and I'm going to be like, oh, there he is, which is funny because at Soho International Film Festival, um, the lead singer of Depeche Mode was like seated four people down from me and my producer, Letty, and we were flipping out because like we love Depeche Mode. Dave Gahan was like right there, and he watched our movie and laughed Crazy. and clapped, and you know, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like all the awards and whatever, but it's like, oh, someone I respect saw my movie. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's oh, the that best. that feels good. That's the best. That must feel good. Oh, yeah. Congrats. Yeah, I was sitting behind him. And yeah, I have a brother who's 10 years older than me. So yeah. he would babysit and we would have to rock out to all of his music preferences, mm-hmm. one of which was Depeche Mode. So yes. it was a cool moment for me, too. I texted him like, you're never going to believe who's sitting right in front of me. <laughs> so amazing. Thank you for being here, Eddie. And thank, thank you, you for, for everything me. that you do. And even for including me in your film, I really just had such a great time. Because Eddie let me be me. I showed up and I played the character and I delivered the lines in the script, but the way I wanted to and the way I dared to try. And once he just allowed me to do that, then the improv, the fun, like really just began and it seemed like to never end. I had so much fun on that set. It was, I mean, it was a pleasure to have you. You were amazing. And uh, Letty was your biggest fan. So she was just like, you got to look at Rachel. You got to look at Rachel. You got to look at Rachel. You got, and I'm like, okay, let's look at her. And I'm like, oh, she's great. Man, I she's love awesome. Betty.
not. Treat them right. Treat, Treat them, them right. right. Definitely. Believers really move the needle, you know, because then bring in passion, bring in friendship, bring in all the ingredients that make the best sancocho. You know what I'm saying? So let's mm. go back to playing Sam. It's also killing it in the film festival circuit right now. Yeah. Run down the list of your laurels real quick. Uh, Laurel so yeah, we list. Got, uh, we got into, we premiered it at an American Black Film Festival. Ooh, ooh, you know, ABFF. Yeah. The, Miami. The largest one, la largest black festival in the country. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm like a broken record, but I, again, we were like one of eight feature films. The other seven were like Phelps High with Amari Hardrick. You know, uh, Murder City, Michael Coulter, Cinnamon with Damian Wayne. Like, these are like really like big films. And so it felt like, you know, our film was like a fraction of their budget. But we, mm. we like they saw that they felt that still we, we had quality that, that matched those films. You and, sure did. Yeah. You and sure that, that felt great, you know. And then um, we went over to Oscar Michelle Film Festival in L.A. We, you know, we came back with two awards, which was like Best Director, Best Writer. That was yes. great. Uh, there was a couple of festivals I had to drop out of because of conflict, so that that's cool to. It's cool what a to position have to say to be in, we can't right? do it. Yeah. it. That's cool, you know. Um, you know, and then now we're gonna premiere it at New York Latino Film Festival tomorrow, and then uh, and then after that we on a Friday night on a Friday night at eight, which is really great. That's like really like that's premium love. positioning people. That's, that's good love. real estate. You know, that's love. Uh, and then I know we have one coming up in. Um, Oh my God, Minneapolis. Oh, okay. But it's conflicting with Bushwick Film Festival. Oh. So we're going to stick around Bushwick. I... Brooklyn, but they're still going to show it out in Minneapolis, which is great. Great. And then we have International Puerto Rican uh, uh, Film Festival, which is in November. Wow. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good run, you know, and um, I'm very curious to see what kind of opportunities the film really opens up for everyone involved. That's really like what um, my focus is on. What's the opportunities that it could present based on people's feedback and people's response to the film? It's just so incredible. Uh, first of all, I love seeing, I've seen, I uh, went to the screening mm -hmm. when you did a private screening to see so many of my friends <laughs> on the screen at the same time. It's this jubilation. It's this jovial feeling I really can't put into words. Um, I also know how hard these people work because I'm kind of behind the scenes and Ramon and I vent to each other quite mm -hmm. often. Uh, I think it's also important. Remember those believers we were talking about before? You can vent to them too. Because mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, they're going to give you the best advice because they believe in you and they want to see you win. Actually, ten times out of ten. The statistics were off. Ten times out of ten, they're going to give you the great advice. So, everyone, I've invited you here today not just to talk about, like, the wins and to talk about these amazing projects that you've been working on and putting your blood, sweat, and tears into, but I'd like to address the state of the industry. We're also experiencing some really sensitive times right now, some tumultuous times, mm -hmm. especially for filmmakers and actors and mm -hmm. writers. So, we keep it really real here. We keep it a stack. We keep it a hundred. You know what I'm saying? We keep this is the truth. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Bars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we're gonna talk about it anyway. We gotta talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's discuss the state 
of Latinx representation in film, in the industry, where we at, fellas? I mean, I ask this question so many times. We've been doing this podcast now for six and a half years, and we've had very, very successful writers, directors, filmmakers, producers, and I always like to ask this question because I see the answers on this upwards trajectory, but net-net, we're not there yet, okay? But I'd like to hear in your words, where are we? How are you feeling as far as representation goes um, versus non-Latino representation in the industry right now? Where are we at? Um, I feel like I'm on the same page as many people. I feel like every few years we're hitting a bullet point of like, hey, we've, we've hit a Lin-Manuel Miranda Mm. And then all of a sudden that's like, okay, that buys us like what, seven or eight years of mm. until the next, you know, it Latino Latinx individual. So, um, I don't know. Let's, I had to start on the drive in and it kind of really made me very disappointed, which mm. was a lot of times I s- actually go on Wikipedia to kind of do a background check on the it people in the industry to see who represents me. And it goes two routes. It's either I don't see that much representation at all or uh, some individuals are downplaying it. Mm. So I was like, okay, who who are key people I can talk about in this industry aside from, you know, okay, we got Jennifer Lopez. We got this. this, It's like, and it's, it was like kind of eye opening. It's like, yeah, it's like 2023 and we're still in a boat. We're still in the same exact boat and the boat's. It's like on the cusp of potentially changing, but I feel like that's how what happens like every five years. You're on the cusp and then we don't cross the cusp and it's all so on and so on and so on. So, um, but then it kind of gives people in our position um, a little more fight, a little more urgency to be heard and to do things and to kind of wear who we are on our shoulder and wear the laurels of our our culture and just be like, Hey, we exist. We're out there. We're, we're doing things. And a lot of us are doing unconventional things and we're not doing what is expected of us, which is another thing is the industry expects something of us because we are Latinx and Hispanic and everything in there. It's like, there's an expectation of us. And I'm like, maybe the next step is like continuously destroying that expectation and creating a singular, you know, an identity of who we are rather than fitting this mold that the Hollywood structure has been placing us in. That only few of us can kind of like, you know, fight in. I mean, even who I mentioned, Lin Manuel Miranda, like he, you know, in the Heights, like you have your identity, here you are, and then you find your way in the Disney system, and you don't know if the Disney system is going to support. You know your you know individuality is Latinx or what? Mm-hmm. It's it's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey, and it was a very um, kind of tumultuous inner dialogue. Like I was having myself on the car ride in. Well, that's interesting. I I really appreciate that POV because yeah, we get these big wins, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, yes, the industry knows we're here. People know about Latinos and Latinidad, right? Mm-hmm. Encanto, Lin Manuel Miranda, former guest of the Latinos Out Loud podcast. <laughs> Who said that? Okay, <laughs> um, all I do is Lin Lin Lin, no matter what. Yeah. Okay, um, so yeah, but then we gotta fight 
to keep that sort of like momentum going. And that fight is really, really hard. Mm -hmm. We have to work twice as hard just to keep winning. I mean winning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, wordplay all day. Um, That rhymes. Okay, mm -hmm. so thank you for that POV. Ramon, how do you feel about Latinx representation right now through your lens? Well, I feel like... Um Overall, for, for Latinx re representation, it's really a, a reflection of what Hollywood wants from us. Mm. And um, you have to think about that. So when you see things that don't reflect you, it's because that's what they want from us, mm. right? So if you think, like, I, I love this example of how, how they, Denzel Washington didn't get an Oscar for Malcolm X. He got an Oscar for Training Day. Because that is what Hollywood mm -hmm. wanted from him. Although his they performance wanted, they in wanted a Tony Montana, they wanted a black Tony Montana, and they were like, "Yeah, we want we want to see uh, Denzel Washington as like a really great gangster, a dirty cop." You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and so that when I see things like that, when I see uh, when actors and creators of color get rewarded for things that uh, that don't resonate, you know, fully resonate. Uh, to to its community, but it resonates to Hollywood, and they'll award you for that. So we have to take that a step further, right? We got to look look at people like um, Tyler Perry. Like his, again, his content is not for me, but his business plan is. And the idea that he was rejected from Hollywood, and he went out, and he says, you know what? I'm going to create my own space, my own lane, right? And he was like, look, we're just going to go grassroots and grow go directly to, to my community, the people that I want to speak to. I'm going to make films that speak directly to them, and they're going to be the first person, the first people that see these films, and then that's going to amplify my influence. And now, he was never accepted by Hollywood until he was, he could not be ignored. And you know how much, you know, he like practically almost owns BET. Even though he doesn't own BET, but my man is like, has like capital in BET Plus. Mm -hmm. He has capital in Nickelodeon. Paramount is in bed with Tyler Perry, not because Tyler Perry asked for permission, because Tyler Perry was like was already had a train moving and Paramount was like, yo, we gotta it's we gotta jump train. on this train. Mm -hmm. And now he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire and then Netflix gives him he's like first look deals with Netflix. And this is all because he didn't ask for permission. He went grassroots and he just said, you know what? I'm a green light myself through mm. this process and I'm going to deliver my stuff directly to the people that I care about. I don't care about the masses. I care about the people that are going to respond the strongest to my content. And that it's and, and I, I say this often, but it's like a rapper, you know, given to his hood. If, if the hood doesn't rock with it, no one's going to rock with it. Yeah. Right. And I, so I think that overall, we need to stop worrying about if Hollywood, when, how Hollywood is going to see us. Mm -hmm. You have to just, Hollywood does not really like, you're not going to benefit from Hollywood, you asking Hollywood for permission. You're never going to benefit. They're going to treat you like, well, you're lucky to be here. Mm -hmm. So here's mm -hmm. what you're going to do. Right. Here's, here's what you're going to put up with. You got to be already someone that's moving in your area, moving within your community, and then and then one day they're going to be like, "Oh, who's this cat?" And then they're going to they're going to come to you and the offer is going to be bigger. Um another thing with Hollywood is like 
they only like to embrace one Latino at a time. Oof. Mm. You know, like right now, Lynn is like, it's like, who's the Latino? Yeah. And it's like, the no, token. it's not, it's not about who's the Latino. And I run into other Latino filmmakers that they have that in their head that I'm the next, I'm the next Lynn. I'm the next this. I'm like, homie, you know, we are all in this together. I got a filmmaker that can lend me a camera if I need one. A director, he's like, yo, I got a Komodo if you want to use it. You know, you have to build a community and you have to build that circle and it has to be a tight-knit community where we're giving to each other. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm not really worried about Hollywood. I'm just more worried about, you know, how am I going to get, you know, the resources to make my next film, mm -hmm. which is very plausible now. It's very manageable now. You can make an independent film without Hollywood now. Mm -hmm. Sound of Freedom, uh, that movie. It's a right-wing movie, but, man, they made, like, $100 million without Hollywood. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So they they, they created a model. I can model. use that. Yeah. You know, but, again, you know, I know they got – there's, like, a stigma about the whole QAnon thing. I don't care about that, but mm -hmm. I see the business model. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? They went directly to their community, which was QAnon, which was the right-wing, and they, they, dropped, they dropped cash for it. And that movie outsold – Mission Impossible. Wow. That movie was like a $10 million, $20 million movie, you know, and it made over $100 million. So it's the model is there in front of us. We just got to stop, you know, thinking about asking, like, for, you know, wondering when they're gonna, we're going to be seen by them because the moment we step in with that, we're just, we're going to be really bitter, mm. you know. Thanks so for sharing that's that. That's my TED talk. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Alana. You have a totally different lens, you know, just getting your MFA. Tell everybody what you got your MFA in. Acting. Okay. <laughs> and what things, how do you feel? Do you see yourself in Hollywood? How do you feel about representation? Well, I do have to agree with a lot of what Ramon said about how Hollywood seems to want us to be their idea of us. I actually wrote a paper about that um, for one of my classes while I was in school. I, I forgot what the title of the paper was, but I talked about how I, I focused, focused on the women. I focused on how Holly, Halle Berry won the Oscar for, you know, being Moneyball. Moneyball, you yeah. know? Um, no, no, have, Monster Ball. Mo monster Ball. Monsters Ball. Monsters <laughs> Ball. The ball of the monster, right? Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball. I'd like a money ball, though. I'll take that. That sounds nice, you know? You know, and, and how people said that she only got that uh, uh, award for portraying, you know, the tragic mulatto and, you know, being a white man's whore. These are, this is what the, you know, the reviews said um, about how Viola won the Oscar for The Help, not for something else, I think, that she was nominated for. Um, fences. Uh, fences, but for The Help, mm -hmm. right? And she, Viola was actually going to turn down The Help. She did not want to do The Help because she did not want to play a maid. Mm. So, and she wound up winning the Oscar for that. So it's like the perpetuation, it just seems like the agenda is like perpetuating the status quo, you know, perceiving people of color as the, the lower class, right? That, that just seems to be the agenda of Hollywood and, and, and its stereotypes as far as formula go uh, for, for character types um, and what they award us for doing and portraying. Um, it's like we're being rewarded for keeping that going, you know? And it's like, that's not who we are. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, anyway, whatever, that's besides the point. But other than that, as far as rep representation goes, absolutely, we, we need more of it, you know? I mean, statistics have proven how much of loyal audiences uh, uh, Latinos are. And we're such a huge demographic in the United States, it's like, 
Hollywood's been missing out on potential, but the agenda is more important, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. But what was the original question? Did I answer it? <laughs> you well, are you answering it perfectly. Yeah. Okay. It's about how we see ourselves in the oh, industry. Right. Are we seeing ourselves in the industry? Right. And also, how can we get closer to seeing ourselves? Right. I mean, you know, just... I think we can get closer to seeing ourselves by doing what people like us do. And that is telling the stories, creating the work. We can't wait for Hollywood to tell our stories for us. We have to do it. And if it look, look at the, the, the the story of the ABFF, you know, like look at the movies that you were competing against and the budgets of those. It's, it it can be done. That is, Mm -hmm. you know, that is a testament to the fact that we can do it on our own. It might be harder. It might take longer, but where there's a will, there's a way, you know, um, and when you have the support, nothing is impossible. You know, you just eliminate the competition and create. Don't compete, create. You know, that that's another thing. Like you were talking about how you hear other Latino filmmakers like, oh, I want to be the next Lynn. First of all, why? Be you. Word. You know, that's corny. Word. Be you, you know. Um, and and there's room for all of us. We just, we just have to, it, it, it's got to be about love. It's got to be about love and not competition and trying to get one up over on somebody else and you know I've worked with people like that and it just I don't know it just puts a bad taste in your mouth you know yeah we need to flip the script a little bit on that see what I did there uh and I want to just quote Lynn real quick because on the 100th episode he said something so impactful he actually said to the audience the eloeleros to all of us there it's okay to try to be like your heroes Mm -hmm. it's okay to try to mimic you know, the badassery of your your hero, you know, your favorite director, your favorite actor, mm-hmm. your favorite writer. Because in that process, you will find your own voice because it's right. impossible to completely mimic what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You're not them. Right. You don't have that exact skill set. So that's okay. But it's, I agree with you. It's not okay to say, I'm going to be the next Lynn. Lynn is Lynn. We don't need another Lynn. Lynn right. is Lynn enough for all of us. But you could be the next Jose. You could be the next Eddie. You could be the next Ramon, the next Alana, the next Loca. And that's okay. Maybe there are some common denominators that you have with your hero, with Lynn, with Eva Longoria, with America Ferrera. So these are some of my her- heroines, yeah. my sheroes. Um, but I know I'm never going to be Eva. I'm never going to be America, nor do I want to. I just want to be like them. And so they also do to that point, to that point. They also do say that uh something along the lines of like real artists steal or something Steal like an artist. Steal like yeah, steal like an artist. Well, there's a book called Steal Like an Artist, but I know. I'm I read I'm, it all the I'm time. yeah, I'm yeah, messing yeah. up. I'm messing up the quote because you're absolutely right. Like to get started, to get started and in order to find your own authentic voice or, you know, use style, a guide, right? Um yeah, you you absolutely do have to emulate you know, your heroes, but you know, anyway. Well, here's another question I have. As if we don't have enough barriers now, you know, to get to the platform, to get to the podium, to claim our gold medals. We're in the midst of a strike. We're still in the midst of the writers and actors strike. So I've been asking guests on the show, how has the strike affected you? So can you share with us what's going on in your world as a result of the strike, Eddie? Yes. Um, well, first, I've seen it affect many people who are actively working just on shoots, in studios, anything that's affected, you know, with the lack of writers and actors. 
I'm in a very weird position where it's almost like I'm on a ticking clock because a lot of my income is actually through post-production. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of my clients and studios are trying to like pump out content. They're like trying to finish this content because the content dried up. There's nothing being written or shot. So it's now a matter of like, okay, I'm getting a bunch of stuff now, but then now it's like I'm at, I, I see the end of the finish line where things are about to dr- like it's, there's nothing there's nothing after this project there's nothing being made there's nothing that's going to be you know presented to me because nothing's being shot so it's now i'm like now i'm feeling like this foreboding of like okay i have to prepare i have to think forward like career-wise like how do i finagle my 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 workload to assist me in this and it's like really daunting and weird and scary because I see it with all of my other post-production friends who are in the thick of it now Mm -hmm. because everyone's trying to rush to get a product out. And then we see like by the end of the year, it's like, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. And then combine that with people right now who are literally in the midst of having nothing. And it's, I don't know. I can't, I can't begin to wrap my head around the ethics of why we're on a strike just because like, it just makes common sense that you, give what people deserve. Right. And where it's, I guess I, I'm not trying to be like anti-Hollywood and anything, but it's in a multi-billion dollar industry where if you do the math, it barely affects them to just give these people a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's, it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. This is the first time in my career I've seen a strike affect people around me and affect me. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's 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 frightening because I'm like there have been strikes in the past. I'm like another strike can happen again. And it's like it's almost like the pandemic. Like you feel safe until you lose your safety. Mm. Coming out of the strike, I'm not gonna feel safe. Mm-hmm. Cause what stops something else from hurting our industry? What stops something else from abusing our people? What stop like it's it's like a perpetual unease. And I really I mean, obviously like everyone else, I hope this resolves quickly, but Yonis is going to be there because yeah. the people in a position of power, I, if anything told me not to trust them, this whole situation is now like, I don't trust you. Right. It's really crystallized yeah. the lack of trust that you have. Alana, what about you? I mean, you came out of school ready to work. Work, 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 work. <laughs> Alana kids a <laughs> work, 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 work. Yes, and I did. now, <laughs> what's, it, what's life like for you? I mean... I'll be honest, this strike has probably affected me emotionally. I mean, definitely potentially financially, but you don't know that until you book, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know that unless I was, you know, I came out and booked something immediately. But, you know, just my story is that I went to grad school for acting during the pandemic. Um, Actually, I had auditioned for the program seven years, no, five years prior Uh, but wound up not getting an offer back then. And the only reason why I got an offer was because of my newsletters that I would send about the hilarious shows and the other comedy shows that I would do. But anyway, yeah. So it was really- I love that. MailChimp and COVID-19 and the hilarious at home show are the reason why I got an offer to go to grad school. So Oh my, hilarious, y'all know, is the all-female variety show that I conceptualize and produce and that Alana's a part of. This makes me so happy because that is exactly what hilarious is for. 
Yep. Okay. It's not to necessarily get people into grad school, but it's to elevate our voices and let motherfuckers know that we outside, that women in comedy, we here and we yep. taking over. I'm like DJ Khaled today. I don't know yep. what's going on. Anyway, shout, shout out to DJ Khaled. Anyway, so just wanted to plug that real quick just to show wow. you how you can create your own opportunities just by doing, you know, just by taking action. So anyway, um, so for me, you know, I was looking forward to getting through the training and getting out and auditioning and eventually potentially booking. And that's just not, that's just not the reality. And we, I realized that before, when the Writers Guild went on strike, I was like, I know SAG's gonna, gonna be next, Join. you know? And, mm-hmm. and I knew that it was going to be a long one. So I just, I just, from talking to my manager and other people in the industry, um, so I just was, I just prepared. I just mentally prepared. I was like, you know what? Well, I, that's why I also have stand up comedy. So during the strike, that's what I'm going to focus on. You know what I mean? I'm going to focus on writing and, and just being on stage. Um, so it really hasn't affected me in any way that I would know currently, but you know, um, as far as finances go, but you feel the pressure. Out. Definitely. Yeah. It sucks that I just put in two years to be an actor and I can't act right now. Yeah. I want to be a television actor. I can't do that right now. I'm in the union, you know? So for me, just, it just sucks. It just sucks. I mean, yeah. but we need, we need this strike though. We need yeah. this strike. There needs to be change. That's the other thing. Yeah. So it's just sacrifice. It's just more sacrifice. And you know, I sacrificed my personal training business to get my degree in acting. You know what I mean? I literally dropped my business so I can get my degree. I have sacrificed. So what's another sacrifice? That's another way that I'm looking at it because this is only going to be better can at I, the end of the day. Can I add Make that, things better. Yeah. Um, what I think was great about you, Alana, is that you are a, a very good comedian. Thank you. And no one can take that from you. Nope. No network, no strike, no union. Mm-hmm. No one can take. You can step on a stage and get paid to perform right now with right. no. She's and, multifaceted. Mul- yeah, multifaceted. Yeah. And other actors can't do that. Nope. You know, and I think when I noticed no shade, the oh no, of course. Listen, but the idea is that mm-hmm. you know, um, what I've seen through the strike is that you know the people that are are, are still able to work and they own their na- you know they own their brand are comedians. They are the ones that are like really uh, prevailing through the strike. Mm-hmm. By go, you know what? I'm going to hit the stage more than I did before. Yeah. I'm going to keep performing. I'm going to because that's an outlet for you, mm-hmm. right? I've seen you. You know you. You thrive when you're on the stage. Thank you. So, you know, you're going to be fine. I promise you. You're going to be on the stage no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Be you know? Yeah. So what about you, uh, Ramon? Well, I think the strike is ending very soon. I lost my job because of the strike. Uh, I was laid off. Uh, we got, we, I, got Emmy, I was a part of an Emmy nomination. The show got greenlit two more seasons. Did not need writers. But, you know, because of... They wanted to cut down and all this blah, 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 blah. I was still let, let go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but there, it, there, was, there was like a freeing moment for that for me uh, because I was really, I really put my all into that project. But, uh, but yeah, so the, the uh, you know, you could really just be like, you know, you could really give your all when there is no strike and you will still get let go and discarded. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm not letting the, the strike deter me. I'm just getting creative when it comes to my sources of income. You know, I shoot, I edit, I can do, we could do a lot of things. I'm sure you also know how to do multiple things, definitely. 
and we just have to it just gives us the um it gives us that you know that that nudge to go look outside of of our perspective in industry which is tv and see because you have you're an emmy you know you're an emmy winner you can mm-hmm. you, can go, you can go into the real estate industry you can go to so many different industries and go hey i'm have, i'm an expert emmy winner i worked on such and such shows bong, 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 bong. and now people go well yeah i want i want i want some of that for my, my business yeah. i want some of that for my real my realtor company i want some of that for my personal brand and people Content is is content. I know I hate content. I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> I love cinema, but I will make content and I will pay and I will get paid well to do it. You know what I mean? Because content is king. Everyone knows. Everyone is in the business of content. Mm-hmm. Every industry is in the business of content. You know, while the strike is happening. But again, I heard that you know that the AMPT and and the um, and the uh, the the writers union have already released a a, a joint statement. That they are in, in heavy talks, so that's a really good sign that uh, there's negotiating this is good. There's negotiating happening uh, again. Let's the go. thing that really gave gave you know that convinced me that it was over was when Bill Moore and Drew Barrymore they just stopped short and go, "We're gonna wait." So it was like they clearly know something that we don't, mm-hmm. and that Secret this is society. Oh, right, right, right. Trust. That's right. And mm-hmm. so I think it will be over very, very soon, which is great. Work will pick up. You know what I mean, and uh, but yes, everyone in the but, but you have to also prepare yourself mm. because the strike wasn't the only thing uh, that was working against us. The streaming wars had ruined shit because you have the studios that first, you know, pulled away from Netflix, saying you know, that that that's not the model, and now they're all trying to be that model. And your Paramount, your Universals, your Disney's, they just want to like liquidate all these, all their channels. Uh, and so jobs are getting, or, or people are losing their jobs anyway. Mm-hmm. The strike just accelerated it yeah. at this point. So, but again, like this is why we got into this business and it's, it's to weed out the people that don't have the stomach for this. Mm. That's what filmmaking is. Mm. You know what I mean? And we have the stomach for this. Come on, man. We're Latinos. We, we, we've Makes been kicked hard. around. It's we've been true. rejected many times. We've been rejected many times. We know how to okay? persevere. So Right. We will persevere for, through. I know we can. I know we can. But I know plenty of people in this industry that they're like already looking elsewhere because they, they can't handle rejection. They well, can't yo, handle that. Let's capitalize on this moment then. Mm-hmm. Let's, everyone out there. This is the time where we, Latinos, need to mobilize and unite more than ever. Let's come out of this strike as a unit, as a militia. Let's get ready. All the work that we put in, man, I was working so hard before this strike. I can't wait to see some of the fruits of that labor outside of the strike, beyond the rainbow. There is a pot of gold there, emphasis on the pot. But there is gold out there, (laughs) and we have to go at it, Roy G. Biv. Together, all of us, all colors. Um, I'm really feeling this wave. I'm really feeling this momentum. I feel like we're all at the start line, you know? It's like mm-hmm. on your mark, get set. When they say go, we out. We out. Together. <laughs> okay, let's learn from the other communities that thrive together. Let's take those lessons and apply them to what we need to do as Latinos in this country. It's there for the taking. And I'm so excited to hear what's going to come out of this strike. Okay, we got to wrap 
this episode. <laughs> See what I did there? Okay, it's just film talk. I don't know. All right, <laughs> we got to wrap this episode. I would love for everybody to just shout out their handles and maybe how uh, the Eloeleros can see your films. Let's start with Eddie. Uh, at Eddie LeBron, E-D-D-I-E-L-E-B-R-O-N, like the basketball player. Um, and at 21st Century Courtship, you'll find all the updates and what have yous um, on the film, what I'm up to, where we're screening, and I have a good feeling. And it's interesting, my producer, Letty, at Letty Mode, she was telling me September and October are going to be a wave of change for the film and now we're in the midst of that wave of change literally over the last two weeks so i'm like okay we're not even in october yet so let's see where the wave of change takes us yeah baby it felt so good walking the red carpet as a unit on sunday night that was, that was madness it was it was just, a fever dream it was a lot of noise yeah so great. All right. Alana, tell them the handles, how they can see your projects, where you're performing, all that jazz. You could stalk me on IG <laughs> and the talk. I don't be talking like that, but I'm going to get to talking a little bit. Anyway, at <laughs> Alana, A-L-A-N-A-J dot T-V. Website coming soon. Yeah. With the same name, Alana J dot T-V. <laughs> And we have an announcement, right? We um, do? I'll do a, a quick little tease. You will see Alana and I on stage because we, hilarious, got accepted into the People's Improv Theater Sketch Fest. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yup. So you'll see us Love in that it. festival Congrats. coming up. Love Thank it. you. So excited. Yes. Ramon, shout out the handles, yes. son. Ramon Pesnat. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Ramon underscore Pasante. You know, uh, colorful nerd. Just look up. If you look those things up, you'll probably find me. Uh, I just got a blue check. They they approved my visa card. Yay! Yay! He's verified, people. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And then uh, if you want to know more information about the film Playing Sam, you know, go to at Playing Sam Film. On Instagram as well. We also have PlayingSam.com. We got the website there, uh, and then there's information there and where you can see the film. Um, yeah, but look out for Bushwick Film Festival the 27th, October 27th at uh, I think it's like 6 p.m. Yeah, 6 p.m. Uh, that's another Friday. It's awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, follow me for more information. You get to see Alana in my film being herself and being very good at it. Yes. And yeah, man, thank you. Thanks for. Giving us the platform, Rachel. Hey, Thank the platform you. is yours too. La puerta está abierta. All right, you already know the handles. <laughs> Follow us at We Are Latinos Out Loud. Follow me at Rachel La Loca, R A C H R A C H E L La Loca. You know what I'm saying? You can also give us a call. No big whoop. Nine seven eight Latinos. Nine seven eight L A T I N O S. Uh huh. And on that note, we out.